Well, God bless you guys. Welcome to Swerve Church. Once again, let me just say what uh, Barris already said several times, I'm sure. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. And what a day to be able to remember you guys and to be able to honor you guys. And for uh, all you do, hope you're having a wonderful Sunday so far. I'm so glad you guys made a decision to come and to spend some time with us as we kick off this brand new series called You Don't Have What It Takes. And this is a brand new series that we're just beginning. We're, we're just coming out of a series that we just did. It was really good, really challenging. I think this one will be just the same. I think it'll be just as challenging because we're talking about that you don't have what it takes. And throughout this series, like Barry was just finished saying, we'll be looking at four truths, which if understood correctly, you know, God wants to use uh, in order to build us up, right? If we look at these four truths through the magnifying glass of, of God's word, these truths can be extremely freeing. They can be very helpful. But you know what? Our spiritual enemy wants to use these very same truths. He wants to twist them a little bit and he wants to trap us he wants to use these truths to trap us you see we have a very real spiritual enemy you know nobody really likes to talk about him that guy right the guy with the horns and the pitchfork or whatever however you refer to him right nobody likes to talk about it but we have guys the bible teaches a very real spiritual enemy the bible tells us that his native tongue is lies so you're here today maybe you speak english maybe you speak spanish he speaks a lie that's his language he speaks lie. That's his native tongue, the Bible tells us. And his job, according to the Bible, is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll stop at nothing to put an end to God's purposes in each and every single one of your lives. So today we're going to be looking at this truth right here is this, that you are not good enough. You're not good enough. And it's a truth that God wants to use to free you. He wants to use this, this truth to free you, but our spiritual enemy, he wants to use this very same truth to hold us bondage. And so let me just give you guys some examples. Danny, what are you talking about? How's he using this? How's this good and how's this bad? Well, let me, let me, let me show you guys some ways of how the enemy might twist this very real truth in order to hold you bondage. Let's say, for example, uh, Stephen just finished talking about life groups. Life groups have been awesome. We've been gathering on Wednesday nights at, uh, at my home, we've been eating some great food. There's been some awesome discussion, a time in prayer, and really just that building of relationship and getting to know one another and doing just a little bit of a deeper dive into what we talk about here on Sundays. Well, let, let's say you, you feel, as, as, as we continue to grow as a church, and it's, it's my heart and it's my desire that we would see, you know, life groups throughout Bushwick, not just in my home, but in different homes throughout, throughout Bushwick. So let's say, imagine that you're here today and you say, man, you know, I feel like God may be leading me to, to lead a life group sometime. Well, the enemy would use this truth and begin to tell you, no way, you're, you're not ready. You're not good enough. There's no way. There's no possible way that you might be able to lead a life group. You know what? You're not mature enough. You just don't know enough. Anyway, what advice can you give somebody else anyway? When you just don't have it all figured out, you're not good enough. What about if you want to serve at an outreach? In fact, we have an outreach that's coming up. It's just a couple weeks away, June 7th on a Wednesday, we have a team that's coming up from Georgia and they're going to help us to serve literally hundreds of people at Irving Square Park. Say, you feel kind of that, that inkling in your heart. You know, the Holy Spirit has placed that burden in your heart. Let me go serve. Let me go outreach. Well, well the enemy might use this truth to tell you, you know, you're struggling in your own walk. You know, you're struggling in your own walk with Christ. What kind of help can you offer? How can you point other people to Jesus when, when you're really not, you don't have it all figured out. You don't have it all together. You might say, well, I would never be able to answer 
people's questions, you know? What if they bring these ridiculous questions that I'll, I'll never have an answer to? I'm just not articulate enough, you know, to share my faith, to share my story, and to share the gospel. I'm not good enough. Or what about if you want to serve on a Sunday with Swerve Kids? Or you want to invest in, in the next generation, right? We have kids back there that, uh, that, that we want to invest in and we want to love on them. We want to teach them God's word and truth. And, and the enemy might use this very same thing to say, well, how, how can you ever learn the curriculum? You're never going to learn that curriculum. You'll never be able to teach it. Are you even ready for such a commitment? You can't even, you're not going to commit. To, you can't even commit to the gym. How are you going to commit to, to serving the kids at Swerve Kids? The enemy wants to use that very same truth. The bottom line is, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. That's what, what constantly comes up. And what's really interesting that it doesn't matter if you're here today and you're a mom, we're celebrating Mother's Day. But it doesn't matter if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're single, if you're married. You know, we've all felt this way before. We've all felt, we've all said this. We've all felt inadequate, right? You ever felt like you just, you're not good enough? We've all felt like we're not good enough. And what we want to do through this series is acknowledge the truth that's in these statements. What, what is the truth? What is it? And we want to see how God wants to use these very same truths to help set us free. And so as we move forward, we need, us, we need to make this statement right here. We need to declare this, that in order to be who God's called me to be, I must recognize what I will never be. Do you guys know what it is? What you'll never be? I will never be good enough. In order to be who God's called me to be, I need to recognize what I will never be, and what I will never be is good enough. And here's what Paul says. He says it this way in, uh, in a letter to, to the Romans. Paul is a, is a guy in the New Testament. He has a crazy encounter. I'll tell you a little bit more about him a little bit later. But he writes these letters to, to the churches that he planted and to leaders and pastors in different places. And he wrote this, Romans 3.23. You guys know this verse because we pretty much quote it every single Sunday because it's so foundational to what we believe that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Hey, hey, guys, how many people are included in all? Do you know? Do you know what the Greek word for all is? It's all. It doesn't change. It's all. In other words, all, all of us have sinned. All of us fall short. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how righteous you think you are. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We have all sinned. And if there's one great equalizer here, here, we're all different heights and weights and ages here in this room, but there's one equalizer, and that is that we have all sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. How, how short do you fall? I wanted to show you guys a video to illustrate how short. Guys, that's how short you fall. You fall incredibly short of God's glorious standard. And once you realize that we can never be good enough, listen, it can be extremely freeing. It can be so freeing when you realize not good enough. Because so often we tend to think that if we could be good enough, and if we work a little bit harder, and if we do a little bit more, then we can gain the approval of God. If we just did a little bit more, if we prayed a little bit more, Here's what happens. That leads to a works-based relationship with God. In other words, if I work more, if I do more, if I pray harder, it, then I can gain God's approval. Then God can love me if I do all those things more. But what happens when you mess up? 
What happens when you forget to pray? You got up, you didn't read the Bible, you make a bad decision. Then all of a sudden, you find yourself without God's approval according to this mindset. And in fact, I, I, I made a little diagram. I wish I would have had like a bulletin board or something, a notepad so I can draw it out for you. But I love you guys so much that I drew it on a piece of paper. I scanned it. I, I, I cropped it and I put it into the slide. That's how much I love you guys. It's this. This is the way. Don't laugh at my handwriting, okay? This is, this is how it works. If you, if you have this mindset, you think, man, works. If I do more works, if I do, if I do good stuff, if I do good things, then, then guess what? I can gain the approval of God. But instead, what, what we actually have is something way different, right? Through Jesus, we actually have already obtained the approval of God. From the approval of God, now we can serve. Now we can give. Now we can live out, you know, for God, right? See how different that is? Instead of this, it looks a little bit more like this. I'm telling you, I put a lot of work into this, right? You get, you have the approval of God. You have it already, and out of the approval of God, now you can serve God out of that approval. Do you guys see how different that is? Guys, this is, this is way different. Guys, and just to let you guys know that so many people live here, and they're in bondage to thinking they could do more, work harder, be good enough so they can gain God's approval when we have this through Christ already. We have the approval of God, and out of that we can go and serve God out of that approval. And listen, all throughout the Bible, we learn of people who realize that they weren't good enough. And I'm just going to go through it real fast. I'm not even going to give you the references. You guys probably know some of these guys like Abraham in the book of Genesis. He said, I am dust and ashes. Isaiah, the prophet from the Old Testament, he said this, I am a man of unclean lips. Peter, Stephen just spoke about Peter last week, the guy that denied Jesus three times. Look what he said to Jesus in the New Testament. He said, go away from me. For I am an unclean man. And Paul, Paul called himself the worst of sinners. And these are guys that in the Bible, throughout the Bible, realize that they fell incredibly short. And guys, something happens when, you, when you're deceived into believing the enemy's lie, this version of his truth. Something happens when you believe this version of the truth, this twisted version of the truth. It, 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 it plays itself out in one of two ways. In fact, I want to call it the performance trap. Okay, the performance trap. This is how it plays out. It can create a false sense of security. Right? If you live out this performance trap, let me do more, let me work harder, let me get closer to God, it creates a false sense of security. When you feel that you're doing well, you know, in other words, you check off your spiritual to-do list. Went to church, check. Did my quiet time, check. Did my prayer, check. I gave my tithes, check. I helped a little old lady across the street, check right you you check off your spiritual to-do list and 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 you check off everything that you have to do it gives you a false sense of security you know what this leads to this leads to legalism and religious pride legalism and religious pride here's the second thing that it can create it can create a false sense of condemnation and guilt when you're not performing well right if the only prayer that you did today was over the donuts that you have for breakfast Right? If, you, if your Bible has cobwebs, when you open dust, there's, there's dust bunnies in your Bible. And when the lady gets on the train with, with three kids and a stroller, you close your eyes and you pretend like you're asleep so you won't give her the seat. Right? And so what happens when that happens? Then you, you beat yourself up. You have this sense of condemnation and this guilt. You feel like you don't measure up. And it's so important for us. 
to talk about this because I've seen it throughout my life, guys. I've seen this throughout my life, that people fall into one of these two categories. And God wants so much more for you. He wants so much more. It's all based upon Satan's twisting of the truth. We then become legalists and religious or depressed and crushed under the weight of the guilt and condemnation. And for the rest of our time, you know, I want to look at a portion of Paul's uh, letter to the Philippians. Okay, uh, Real quick, in case you guys don't know who Paul is, his name wasn't always Paul. His name used to be Saul. And he was actually a persecutor of Christians. If you're here today and you're like, man, I don't know if I even like Christians. I don't like going to church. Man, Paul got you beat because he used to kill Christians. He used to murder Christians. Literally, he would, he would murder them. He would have them jailed. He would have them flogged and beat. But then he has this crazy encounter with Jesus, and his life is forever changed. He's no longer called Saul. He's now called Paul. He goes from persecutor of Christians to planter of churches. So in this passage that we're about to read, it's in Philippians chapter 3. Please take out your message notes because the verses are there for you. By the way, those message notes are for you. You can mark up on them. You can write, underline, circle. I might even tell you to circle certain things. But that's for you, so you can tag along and follow along. So in this passage, Paul's about to rattle off what I want to call his resume of righteousness. Have you ever done a resume to, to get a job? And you, you know, on a resume, you never put what you're bad at, right? You put what you're good at, right? And so Paul's about to rattle off his resume of righteousness. And Paul lived under the performance trap. Check it out. This is Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, guess what? I have more. Can anybody tell this guy he's really cocky? Right? Circumcised the eighth day. All right? The Jewish had this, this, uh, this thing that after the eighth day, after they were born, they were circumcised. Uh, the children after the eighth day, it meant that they were children of the covenant, that they were Jewish, they were children of God. And so he did that, check, got that off my list. Of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. In other words, what Paul is, what Paul is saying, in other words, he's like, yo, my daddy was Billy Graham. My mom is Mother Teresa, and here I am. You know, this is who I am. All right, that's what he's saying. Regarding the law of Pharisee. Now, the Pharisees, they didn't just keep the Ten Commandments that you guys know. They had over 600 laws and commandments. He called himself a Pharisee regarding zeal. Here we go. This is what I just told you persecuting the church regarding the righteousness that is in the law look what he said about himself blameless this is a cocky guy right this guy like super confident i'm blameless when it comes to keeping the law man, there's over 600 laws i got every single one i got them all but, but how does this performance trap how does it play out today how does it play out for each and every single one of us it plays out in one of two ways we attempt to please god by following the rules you guys can fill that in right there in your notes. We attempt to please God by following the rules. And of course, this plays out differently depending on your church background, your upbringing, and your denomination. It could all change, right? But it plays out in one of two ways. It plays out either what we do. I'm going to keep the rules. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to go to church seven days a week if I have to. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give better than the guy next to me, right? So it plays out. This is what we do. And it also plays out this way. Well, we don't do, right? We're following the rules. So guess what? I don't drink. I, I don't smoke, right? I, I, don't, I don't go to the movies. Right? I don't chew. I don't, I don't curse. I don't do, we, we, we list off all the things that we don't do. 
And this is our attempt to please God by following the rules. Here's the second way that it plays out, that my worth is based on what I produce and how I perform. My worth is based on what I produce and how I perform. It's kind of like when you was a child, I bet you, I guarantee you we've all did this. Those of you that have children, you've experienced this as well, right? But if you have children, you ever had that moment when you said, Ma, hey, Ma, look at me, look at me, no hands, right? And you, hey, Ma, look, look, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. And mommy, mommy, look at me, look at me, right? You ever had that moment of your parents, you definitely know what that's about? What, what is your child trying to tell you? I want, I want your approval. I want your attention. Look at, look what I'm able to do so that they can gain your approval. Or in school, how does it play out in school? With your grades, right? The thought is if I get good enough grades, then I could be accepted. And if not, then guess what? I'm a failure. This is a very real tension. Guys, even my children, as young as they are, they feel this very tension. Well, man, if, if I get good grades, then the daddy must love me. Oh, man, I failed that test. and I didn't do my homework correctly. Then obviously dad doesn't love me. It's a very real tension that even my children feel, even at their young age. What about in the church world? Right? Is, is, does this happen in the church world? It sure does. For me as a pastor and, and a leader of this church plant, that, that really wants to, we really want to make a difference in the community. We want to see people far from God come into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. But it might play out like this, right? If I'm the pastor, hey, do you like me? Do, do you accept me? Am I good enough? Right? Do you like my preaching? Did I, did I use the right jokes? Did you like the video that I put with the big guy trying to dunk the basketball? Did you like that? How many yawns did I get today? I count yawns. Hmm, let me see, like, I've already had like seven or eight and halfway through the message. Is that good? Or what about this? Is the church growing? Then, then obviously, if the church is growing, then obviously I'm accepted and I'm valued. Oh, it's not? It's not growing? Then I'm not good enough. And I feel rejected. And I feel like a complete failure. It even plays out in the church world. What about you? What about in your life? How does it play out for you? Do you live? Do you live out like your worth is based on what you produce and how you perform? Are you stuck within the performance track? We oftentimes think wrongly that we're valued by what we produce and how we perform. But for Paul, he's going to say that his works, that resume of righteousness that he just rattled off, he's going to say, you know what, my righteousness it's a big, fat, stinky pile of scubula. Scubula. What is that? Let's find out. Read on. This is the verses 7 to 9, the same chapter. You have it there in your notes. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth. Would you guys just circle that word right there in your notes where it says filth, right there in the verses that we're reading. Circle that word. We'll come right back to that, okay? So I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. And I need you guys, I don't know if you just read right past that. I don't know if you noticed that. But he said right here, not having a righteousness of, of my own. Would you guys please underline that there? Excuse me. Not having a righteousness of my own. And then please underline 
but one that is through faith in Christ. Guys, because that is so key, what Paul is saying here. What he's mentioning here, that is not of my own. This is what we need to all come to this realization. We need to all realize this today, that my righteousness with God is not on my own. My righteousness with God is not on my own. Our righteousness before God is only by faith in Christ Jesus. You cannot work your way towards righteousness. You cannot stop sinning enough to gain a right standing with God. Only faith in the perfect work of Jesus Christ is what can give us a right standing before God. So listen, let me give you, those of you that are math people, let me give you some some forms, some equations, right? Maybe this will help you out. It's not Jesus plus works, right? It's not, it's not how much you can, it's not Jesus plus religious effort, how much I can pray and how much I can read my Bible and how much I go to church. It's not Jesus plus a lack of sinning, how much I don't do, what I keep away from. It's not, it's none of that. The equation, the only equation that matters is Jesus plus nothing, plus nothing. This is extremely freeing, guys. This is so freeing. The truth is, you can't be good enough. You can't be, and it's not bad news. It's good news. It's a good thing because your good works, your righteousness, your piety, you know what it is? It's scubula. Anybody curious to know what that is yet? But Paul said, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them filth. I told you guys to circle that in your notes. I've considered them filth. The word right there, the CSB translates it filth. It's the Greek word scubula. Scubula is the Greek word scubula. And it's also translated in other translations. If you read different translations, the NIV or the ESV or whatever, they'll translate it as garbage or rubbish. In other words, my good works, it's trash. It's rubbish. It's garbage. It's filth. It's scubula. But do you know what the most literal translation of that word is? Do you guys know what that word actually is? You, I don't, I don't know if you actually want to know uh, what it is. Do you guys know? <laughs> Yo, it's dung. Actually, if I'm honest with you, it's actually the more vulgar translation of of this. I wouldn't say it in church, kind of a way of saying it. You can kind of say Paul is kind of giving a cuss word. That, but that's what he's saying about his righteousness. It's poop emoji, right? It's dung. It's 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 meaningless, right? This is what Paul is comparing his righteousness and works to. He says that his works are as good as scubula. My righteousness is as good as poop. It's no good. It's garbage. It's trash, right? Paul realized something that we all need to realize here today. We all need to realize this here today. We need to have this understanding that it is only by faith in the perfect work of Jesus that we can be considered righteous before God. I need you guys to leave here today understanding that. That it's only by the perfect work of Jesus that we can be considered righteous before God. And we mentioned in the beginning of our time that we have all sinned and we all fall short of a holy God. This, this sin, that sin, is so serious that God cannot look upon you and let you live. That's how serious it is. Elsewhere in the Bible we learn that the wages of sin is death. Can it get any more serious than death? That's how serious your sin is. But the good news is that God so loved us that He sent Jesus, and Jesus came and He lived a perfect life, a sinless life. Why? So that He could be the perfect sinless sacrifice 
The debt was ours. You racked up the debt, but Jesus paid the price. He took the bill. And the religious leaders of Jesus, they, they hung him on a cross. They, draw, they put nails through his wrists and through his feet. They hung him on a wooden cross. And then Jesus hung his head and he died. And in his death, through his atonement, through his sacrifice, guess what? We receive forgiveness. Jesus picked up the debt. Our sin debt was paid through Jesus' sacrifice. But three days later, it's not good news if he just dies. He resurrected from the grave. He came back to life. He conquered Satan, sin, and death. And in his life, guess what? We experience newness of life. And this is a free gift through Jesus. Jesus, you know, for you to experience, he, he paid the price. There's nothing that you can do to earn it. Hey, we have some gifts for you moms today. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You, you're not going to pay us for it. It's yours. It's a gift that we're going to give you guys today. It's a free gift. And that's what Jesus did for us. It's a free gift. It, it, it wasn't owed to you. It wasn't owed to you. Jesus did it. It was given to you. And the Bible teaches us that all we have to do to obtain this salvation and experience the newness of life, all we have to do is confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in our hearts, that God raised him from the dead. And then you can really experience the true freedom from the bondage of sin. Guys, that is good news. That is good news. And this is so important for us to grasp today on this Mother's Day. There's nothing, there's no, no greater thing I can tell you than this. There's nothing that you can do to earn God's favor. It's only through Jesus. And listen, for many of us, we've been under the unbearable weight. For a lot of us here, we've been under the unbearable weight of either attempting to gain our own righteousness by following the rules. Others of us have been under the unbearable crushing weight of guilt and condemnation because we're constantly beating ourselves up because no matter how hard we try, we always fall short. And I need you guys to realize this so that you can be freed by this truth that you're not good enough. We need to come to the same conclusion as Paul. And we need to realize that our good efforts... Our religiosity, it's worth nothing. It's only by God's grace through Jesus. And when I realize that God accepts me through Christ, I'm no longer living for His approval, but from His approval. When I realize that God accepts me through Christ, I'm no longer living for His approval, but I'm living from His approval. Guys, this is night and day. These are two... <laughs> People are living according to two different worldviews. This is so different. What we're telling here, we're no longer living for His approval. But guess what? Through Christ, we already have His approval. Your standing with God is not determined by your performance. It's only because of Jesus. Put your trust in Him today. And there's a verse. There's two verses I would love to read with you guys. I'm not sure if it's in your message notes. Uh, but if it's not, I have it here. And I would love if we can read this out loud, right? Let's read it with great Mother's Day enthusiasm. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love that He had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses. Guess what? You are saved by grace. You are saved by grace. It's not your works, not your righteousness. It's only by faith. If you're here today and 
you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. When we mentioned before, we talked about you know believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Then I want to give you the invitation to do so today. But everybody, please take out your connection card. In the front, fill out as much information as you feel comfortable. Uh, regular attenders and members, you can just put your name and your email. If it's your first time, please fill out as much information as you feel comfortable. But I want you to turn it around. Turn the connection card around. There's some important next steps that I want all of us to take. And if you never made a decision to follow Jesus, man, that's, that's the thing you need to do today. Check that off and, and put it in the buckets because we want to follow up with you. We want to encourage you. We want to pray with you. We want to give you some resources. So if you never made that decision to follow Jesus, or if you've been living under the performance trap, put your faith and trust in Christ and check that off. For the rest of us, I want you to look at the next step for today. It's this. Ask God for the confidence to know that you are made right only through Jesus. In my, it's been my experience that oftentimes we've tried and we have attempted to try to reach God through our good works. And so I want us to have the confidence this week to realize that it's only, we're only made right through Jesus. So check that off because we want to be praying for you this week. If you haven't made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, please check that off. We want to follow up with you this week. Would you guys join me in prayer? God, we just thank you uh, and we realize, Father, that though it may be hard for some of us to accept because so often we live under the performance trap of trying to get closer to you by, by religious works, by good works by doing more father forgive us lord for thinking that we can purchase your approval and purchase your favor god it is only through the sacrifice of your son jesus and god we thank you for that today we thank you god because you are rich in mercy because you have a great love for us and because you made us alive through jesus because we are saved by your grace we give you thanks in jesus name we pray amen